We're on Yavamos Yigimel Mbeiz 13b4 in the Archical Gemara. The Gemara now moves to the last section of the Mishnah, a very interesting part of the Mishnah. It's commenting on that part of the Mishnah, where the Mishnah said, just to review, that we have this big dispute, this big machlokas between Beishamah and Beishelel. According to Beishamah, when you have a case of Tsaras Erva, where it's the co-wife of an Erva, of another wife who is related to the live brother, that there is a mitzvah of Yibam or Chalitza, when the brother passes away without any children. And Beis Hillel says that there's no mitzvah. And this can lead to very severe ramifications, because according to Beis Shammai, there's a mitzvah for them to do Yibam. If they did Yibam, it would be a mitzvah, and everything would be fine. According to Beis Hillel, not only is it not a mitzvah, but it's actually a severe prohibition of marrying your sister-in-law when there's no mitzvah of Yibam. It's a very severe prohibition, so severe... It's deserving of karis, and the child would be a mamzer. The child would have the status of being a, a mamzer and cannot marry uh, your cannot marry a Jewish person. So it can lead to very uh, very serious ramifications. But the Mishnah says, nevertheless, Beishamai and Beishilal, even though they had such a strong disagreement, Beishamai followed their position. Beishilal followed their position. And not only did they follow their own positions, but they would also marry each other's, uh, marry into each other. Uh, but Rashi points out, but they would also, if if Beis Hillel would marry somebody from the followers of Beis Shammai, Beis Shammai would notify them and say, "Listen, according to me, this child may not be, uh, isn't not a mamzer." But they would warn them and say, "But according to you, this child is a mamzer. Don't marry that person." And they would be very respectful about the disagreement. So just in terms of that, before we even get into the Gemara, this is actually a halacha. The Ramah brings this down and says that if we have uh, two different people, they let's say uh, in terms of kashras, let's say one follows one rabbi to say that uh, that something is kosher, another person follows a different rabbi, which is more, and that rabbi is of the opinion that something is not kosher, that thing would not be kosher, or there's a reason to be extra stringent in that area. So the Ramah says, as long as they're following their rabbis and they're keeping and right there, they're following their rabbis. So then they are allowed to eat with each other. And the reason why they're allowed to eat with each other and they can trust each other is because we follow the principle that even though they have their own rabbis that they're following, and um, and they have a difference of opinion, but still, uh, one person would not serve the other person something which the other person thinks is not kosher, even for even if they themselves. Think it is kosher because they know the other person thinks is following the rabbi that says that it's not kosher. If they're following the other rabbi that says that it's not kosher, so then I won't serve them that food because we trust people. We trust people assuming that they're they're following the halacha. So then we trust them to say that, you know what, even though for me it's kosher, I'm not going to give it to you because I know that you think that it's not kosher and that's why they're able to eat together. We say that they're able to eat together because each one's following their own rabbi and we trust that they, that they will say something if even to them, even for them, it is, for, the, for the person serving it, it is kosher, but they won't serve something to somebody else if that other person thinks uh, that they, they should either be stringent or that it's not kosher, uh, they won't serve it to that other person. So this actually has, uh, this idea, which comes from this last part of the Mishnah, has major practical ramifications. But our Gemara now is getting into a different uh, topic within this discussion. Also a very interesting discussion. And the Gemara is going to come from really from an outside halacha, from a law that has nothing to do really with our Mishnah, but it's going to bring our Mishnah in 
towards the end of this page. But just to spell it out on the outside, the it comes out that there is no conclusion. What we see from the Mishnah is that there's no conclusion. We don't say, okay, this is the law and that's it. Everyone has to follow that law. We see that Beishamai has his position. The followers of Beishamai follow the ruling of Beishamai. Beishelel has his position. The followers of Beishelel follow Beishelel. Happens to be the Mishnah said that they were all respectful to one another and they would all notify each other if, uh, according to the other opinion, the child would be a mamzer, they would notify each other. But in, in the bigger picture, what comes out is that there's no final conclusion for everybody. The followers of Beishamai follow Beishamai. The followers of Beishelel follow Beishelel. And that's fine. That seems to be perfectly fine. And the, we're going to see that the Gemara is going to have a discussion now. Is that really okay or is that not okay? Are we allowed to have two, two different uh, positions? Or do we have to say that everyone has to follow one position? And this is, this is going to be the discussion of the Gemara now, and it's going to continue into next week's recording. And so let's see the Gemara inside. Just also parenthetically, they're going to quote a verse of Losis Godu to prove that you're not allowed to have disputes. You're not, you, could, you could have arguments and discuss it, but in the final conclusion, we're going to see uh, that they're going to quote a verse of Losis Godudu to say that, oh, we see that the verse says that you cannot, in the end of the day, in terms of practically what to do, we cannot give, have, have a dispute in terms of practically what to do. And that verse of Losis Godudu happens to be that it's in this week's Parsha. If this, in this week's Torah reading... If you look it up, it's in the very first verse of the fourth Aliyah. And so, it's very appropriate that we're doing it at this point in time because it's going to come up in this week's Parsha. But the Gemara starts off, before it even gets into our Mishnah, it starts off from a halacha, a law that is not really related uh, to our discussion of Yevamos. It's really about the laws of Purim. So we're going to see that they're going to quote a few cases which are really not, it's not a Yevamos topic, but it's connect. It's going to connect because it's going to be cases where it seems like we have two different rulings. Practically, they tell different people have different rulings. Um, so the Gemara says as follows: Tanan Hasam. It says in a Mishnah by Megillah, by Purim. Megillah Nikris Bechadasar B'Shemasar B'Shosasar B'Abarasar B'Chavishasar Lo Pachos V'Lo Yoser. Depending on the city, we're not going to get into all the details of when you read the Megillah on Purim, but. We know that there's a concept of, uh, just to make things simple, we know there's a concept of Purim and Shushan Purim, that depending on whether in Yerushalayim, for example, they celebrate Purim a day later on Shushan Purim, because depending on whether it was a walled city or not, uh, and so they have different days of when to celebrate Purim, and to really to read the Megillah, and they were depending on where you lived, so then you would read the Megillah on a different day. So we have different, the point of the reason why the Gemara is bringing this in is because this seems to be a case where there are different rulings for different people. Some people read the Megillah on one day, some people read the Megillah on a different day. So the Gemara says as follows, Rishlaki says to Rabbi Yochanan, Ikri Khan Lotus Kodudu, Lotasu Agudos Agudos. He says, I don't understand. The verse says from this week's Parsha, Lotus Kodudu. That you're not allowed to make losis go to do. We're going to see that it really means two different things. But one explanation of losis go to do is that you can't. It's like an aguda a group. We don't make different groups within the Jewish people to follow to have different follow different rulings. We want everyone to follow the same ruling. You can have a discussion. The whole Gemara is about the Talmudic discussions. But in the end of the day, we should have one ruling. How could it be that some people read the Megillah on the 14th, some people read the Megillah on the 15th? How could that be? 
It's against it's against a commandment from this week's parsha. So the Gemara says as follows. He responds back. He says that no, the verse the, when it says "los is do it really it's referring to something else. What that word means, it's not really about aguda aguda, but having different groups. It's really about a totally different idea. It's about that you shouldn't, and in the context of the verse, this makes sense. That it's about that you shouldn't. You're allowed to mourn over the death of of a relative, but you cannot do so to the extent where you're gonna. Cause wounds upon yourself to, to hurt yourself That you can't do And that's what it's referring to it's, And the word to do is referring to that It's not referring to groups But it's referring to specifically to that The Gemara responds back If that's the case If it's not referring to groups It's hard to say that Because there's an extra letter The extra letter seems to imply That it's about groups It's not just about That you shouldn't cause a wound upon yourself when you're when you're mourning, uh, but it's about groups. The extra letter there to do that. So the Gemara says, Essentially, what the Gemara says is that it should have said to go to do if it's there to tell me about the wound. It should have said ta go do, not with two dollars, but with one dollar. If it's just about the groups, must be that in the end of the day. That it's teaching us both. From that one commandment, from that one language, it's teaching us really two different laws. Different laws. One is that you sh- we shouldn't have different groups amongst the Jewish people following different opinions. That's the question. And there's a separate halacha from this week's Torah portion, which t- teaches us that uh, you shouldn't uh, cause yourself to get hurt. You shouldn't cause a chabura, a wound upon yourself while you are in mourning. But the point is, the reason why the Gemara is mentioning this is that if there is, we, we conclude to say that there is this verse to teach us, Lotus Code, to do that we shouldn't have different groups. And if we shouldn't have different groups, so then how could it be that some people read the Megillah on the 14th, some people read the Megillah on the 15th, if you're in your Shalim, it's on the 15th, if it's uh, other places where they didn't have a walled city, it's on the 14th, most of the, most places do it on, read the Megillah on the 14th, how can we have that? You're not allowed to have different groups. The, the Pasuk, the verse in this week's Parsha tells us, you can't have different groups. So we're going to see the response in a second. But just to uh, analyze this for one second, the, this um, this law, this commandment, that you shouldn't have different groups. So what's the idea behind it? Why can't we have different groups following different rulings, following different rabbis? So there are two different reasons that are given. Rashi here on the page, the commentary of Rashi, explains because it looks like two different religions. When you have different groups following different opinions, it looks like two different religions. And we don't want that. It's an objective problem that looks like two different religions. The Rambam Maimonides gives a different explanation. He says it's not because it's going to look like two different religions, but it's going to lead to machlokas. It's going to lead to arguments, and they're not going to respect each other because they're not going to respect each other's opinion. It's going to lead to serious arguments. Not everyone's like Beisham and Beisilal to have a dispute, and they'll be respectful and kind to each other, and it's not going to lead to more disputes. Not everybody's like our, our Mishnah, we're concerned that if we have different groups following different rabbis, they're going to say, my rabbi is right. And the other one's going to say, no, my rabbi is right. And it's going to lead to uh, serious arguments, very serious arguments. And we don't want that to happen. So everyone should just follow. Uh, they should have a discussion about it. But at the end of the day, everyone should have uh, the one, one concluding uh, position. And those are the two different reasons that are given. Again, Rashi says that it just objectively looks like two different religions. So we want everyone to follow one thing, 
The Rambam says that the problem is that it's going to lead to machlokas. It's going to lead to arguments. There might be various ramifications between these two different positions. I'll just get, present two ramifications. One ramification might be if they live in different cities. Maybe if they live in different cities, which might explain the case of, of the Megillah, but if they live in different cities, so then maybe it's not going to lead to machlokas. If they live in different cities, especially during a time where the world wasn't as small as today, if they live in different cities, so it's not going to lead to serious disputes and arguments and fighting. It's not going to lead to fighting because I'm in my city, you're in your city, and uh, we don't engage in conversation too much. We don't tra- travel to each other too much. So it's not going to be such a big problem. But if it lo- if it's objectively looks like two different religions, so maybe that's still a problem, even if they live in two different cities, but it still objectively looks like two different religions. So maybe that's a problem. And another ramification between these two different positions might be, it might depend on whether it's, this is a, an argument over actual law or just over custom. If it's after, if it's, if it's maybe, it's only a problem if it's about the actual law because then it looks like two different religions. But if it's about customs, so you can have different people following different customs and maybe that's not a problem because it doesn't show us that it's two different religions. This is not about the religion per se. It's about the customs of the religion, which is very different. It's not about the law. So maybe the, the Rashi would be of the opinion that it's not a problem if it's just a, uh, a, a difference of opinion with regards to customs. However, if you follow the Rambam, then maybe even according to for customs, maybe that's still a problem because when it, even for customs, people get into, could get into heated debates and arguments that my position's right and the other person will say my position's right and it could lead to serious arguments. Uh, so those are the reasons behind this uh, commandment, this commandment to say that you shouldn't divide up um, into different groups to following different opinions. But we're going to, as we go through the Gemara, we'll see what exactly the parameters are. Uh, what exactly does this mean? Because, as we know today, uh, there are many arguments, practical arguments, between a lot of different people, uh, a lot of different groups uh, um, within the Jewish people. So let's see the Gemara. Let's go back to the Gemara. The Gemara essentially is having this question, how could some people read the Megillah on the 14th? In some cities, other cities they read on the 15th. Everyone has to follow the same position. Loads is going to do. You can't have different groups. So the Gemara says, Amar So this was a question to Rav Yochanan. So Rav Yochanan is back. I understand what's your problem. We have other examples like this where, where different people follow different positions. A different area of halacha. Now we're moving from Purim to Pesach. On Arab Pesach, on the day before Pesach, no one was allowed, the rule is no one's allowed to do work on the afternoon of Pesach. Because the afternoon of Pesach, that's when they would bring the Korban Pesach. They brought the sacrifice for the Pesach in the afternoon. They would eat it that night, but they brought it in the afternoon. There were different customs as to whether or not they did not work in the morning. And the rule is, if your custom in that place is to work, you're allowed to work in the morning. In the afternoon, nobody works, but in the morning. If your custom was not to work in the morning, don't work in the morning. So Rabbi Yochanan says back, we find in other places that uh, there that different people did different things. And that we had different groups uh, following different positions. So Rish Lakish responds back, Amrlei, Amin al surah. He says, Rish Lakish responds back, he says, I don't understand. You're talking about a custom. It's not even a law. It's just a custom to not work on the, on, um, in the morning of Erev Pesach, on the day before Pesach. It's just a custom. They're arguing about customs. I agree with you. You're allowed to argue about customs, which is what we were discussing before, according to Rashi 
it makes sense that you're allowed to argue about customs because it's not about that in that in such a case it doesn't look like two different religions because it's not about the law it's just about customs but he says when it comes to the megillah and the fact that some people read on the 14th some people read on the 15th that's a law and he quotes the verse that says that they had different times were set aside that were established and it became a law so how could you have a law where different people are following different positions so Rabbi Yochanan says, responds back and he says, I can find you also a law which implies that a law where they also have different uh, diff, follow, they're, they're, people are following different uh, opinions. He says, by Pesach also we have a case where it's an actual law. That morning, you're right, it's a custom. But the previous night, the night before Pesach night is actually a law. Vatanan, it says in Mishnah, the night before, that's when you're supposed to check for chametz. There's a when we get to the tractate of Psachim, we'll discuss this. But the night before, you're supposed to check for chametz to make sure there's no chametz in the house. And there's a discussion: Are you allowed to work that night or not? Because some say Beishamai says you're not allowed to work that night because we want to make sure that you're actually checking, so you're not allowed to work that night. Beishila lets you work that night, but that's a law. That is nothing. That's not a custom. That is based on law, and we see that. Some people follow, follow the position of Bishamai, some people follow the position of Basilo. So he says, no. He responds back by Rishlakis responds back by saying, No, that's not a good proof. Because I'm Omer, That's not a good proof. Because it's not people from the outside that are seeing this, they're not going to say, Oh, we have two different religions. Some people are working the night before Pesach, some people aren't working the night before Pesach. No, that's not the case. Why? Because if I see somebody who's not working, I'm not going to say it's because he holds uh, that you, you're not allowed to work that night. If I see somebody that it's not working, I'll just come to the conclusion that they felt like they don't want to work. From an outsider's perspective, it just it looks like they don't want to work. It's not because they hold that you cannot work. It's just that I would assume that it's just because they have no work to do. So it doesn't look like two different religions because I'll just assume they have no work to do. So each Lakish, he maintains his question, meaning as follows. He was the one that asked the question. And he asked, how could you have different groups following different days to read the Megillah. We're not allowed to have different groups. The prohibition from the Pasuk in this week's Parsha. So how could we have, uh, how could we have uh, different groups reading on different days? And he said, and just to review, he says, don't bring me a proof from the not working on the, on the day before Pesach, because that was just a custom. And don't bring me a proof from the night before, which has to do with laws. Because if I see somebody who's not working, I'm not going to say because he's arguing, but I'm just going to say because he doesn't have to do work. So the response back is, and with this we'll stop, Rabbi Yochanan says, but our Mishnah, he asks the question from our Mishnah, and we'll conclude with a question, and we're gonna we're gonna discuss the answer um, in starting with uh, next week's recording. That our Mishnah says that some people follow Beishamai to say that there is a mitzvah of yibum for the co-wife. Some people follow Beisel to say that there's not only is there no mitzvah, but it's even a prohibition, and different people. Those that follow Bishamai follow Bishamai. Those that follow Bishel follow Bishel. And we see that there are different that there are different groups that are following different positions. So that is a strong that that's a question back in Rish Lakish to say we do find this principle. We do find this uh, the, practically. We do find this that different people, different groups are following different positions. So that's the question that we're leaving off with, and we'll discuss the answer in next week's recording.